The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1816. Today, we're going to start exploring some Darth Vader history thanks to the inspiration from Vader Immortal. And today, we're going to talk about how he came to Mustafar or came back to Mustafar in the first place, as well as how he got the lightsaber that he is wielding as a Dark Lord of the Sith. Let's go. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and to dig into the history of Darth Vader, which was you know, inspired basically by the experience of Vader Immortal. I'm going back to series two of the Darth Vader comic book series and we're going to summarize some story arcs and do it very quickly and do it in a way that, you know, not everybody's into the comics and that's perfectly fine, but there are some elements of them that I think any Star Wars fan is going to be interested in, including learning about how Darth Vader got his lightsaber in the first place. Of course, he lost his lightsaber when he fought Obi-Wan Kenobi on Mustafar. After he was rescued by Palpatine and put back together, he was told he has to go get his own lightsaber. And the only way for a Sith to do that, apparently, is to take it from a living Jedi. So there's a scene in this first arc of the second Darth Vader series, which is called The Chosen One, incidentally. And it encompasses issues one through six. So... There's a whole scene where Masameda is giving a big speech on Coruscant about how the Jedi tyranny is no more and they have a public lightsaber burning, which while Vader and Palpatine are watching this, you know, Vader realizes, oh yeah, I guess I can't just have one of these. And Palpatine explains the whole notion of making a kyber crystal bleed and this is how Sith gather their lightsabers and how they take kyber crystals that are living in their way and how they are generally light side things, but how you actually turn it into a dark side crystal by pouring your anger, your pain, your horrible emotions into it to make it turn to the dark side and hum a hymn of darkness, as Palpatine so poetically puts it. Now, it's going to be hard to find a living Jedi after Order 66, of course, but Vader has an idea. He decides to go looking for barrage takers, and apparently this is a thing that, you know, we're going to probably want to explore in more detail, and it's been talked about here and there. The barrage vow is a vow that some former Jedi take to refrain from any activity related to the Order and to disengage from anything except the Force itself. And these people would have potentially felt the purge, if you will, and yet done nothing about it because they took a vow as a type of penance, according to Vader, uh, to not have anything to do with the Jedi Order whatsoever. And so these folks would not necessarily be in hiding. And Vader finds one particular candidate in Kirak Infala, who is hiding on a mid-rim 
River World at a Jedi monastery on Mount Pazval, and that's where he decides to go to find a Jedi to kill and from whom to take a lightsaber, and a kyber crystal in specific. Of course, he actually has to do this without a lightsaber, which adds a degree of difficulty, and he gets his hat handed to him the first time through, in fact, to the point where he loses part of one of his cybernetic legs, but that only makes him matter naturally, and he comes back to finish the job, whereas this Master Kirak decides, oh, my barash is done because this Sith guy is coming after me, and I'm gonna kill him, and then I'm gonna kill his master and bring the Jedi back to <laughs> control of the galaxy. Well, he has obviously been meditating far and away and isn't aware of what's going on because, yeah, that's not going to work. So he ends up going to a city. He's been hiding in a monastery. Now he's goes to a city where his Jedi Starfighter has been kept and Vader not only hands him his bacon there, but also destroys a dam that completely floods the city in order to get this guy's lightsaber, which is, you know, real nice. Once Vader acquires a lightsaber, Palpatine has a droid that's accompanied Vader on his travels, and the droid is programmed to fly Vader's ship to a specific location chosen by Palpatine once the lightsaber is acquired. Well, guess where that is? It's Mustafar, as it turns out. Palpatine tells Vader that Mustafar is a locus for the dark side of the Force, a locus of dark side energy, and says, from here, your greatest defeat, you will be reborn and you know come back stronger and reclaim your power and all this fun stuff. This is the place where Vader goes to you know find a place that the dark side calls to him from and make that kyber crystal he got from Jedi Master Kirak bleed, turn it to the dark side of the force. It doesn't necessarily go as easily as he might expect. And in fact, he kind of has what, you know, it's a little hard to tell in the story, but it seems like a vision where he attempts to make the crystal bleed and it doesn't work and he has a what have I done moment and then seems to have some sort of I don't know if it's a hallucination or, you know, the kyber crystal showing him an alternative future that he could pursue where he goes back to Coruscant, faces off against Sidious with a green lightsaber, the green lightsaber of Jedi Master Kirak, and defeats Sidious, aka Palpatine, goes then to find Obi-Wan, takes off his helmet, and submits himself to offer himself to Obi-Wan for execution. But he shakes off that vision and redoubles his efforts turns the crystal red, and, you know, it's hard to tell, the the lightsaber hilt of Jedi Master Kirak is definitely not the lightsaber hilt that we see from Vader, and it's hard to tell whether he creates a new lightsaber hilt at this point. It's not really shown in the comics, so that's sort of a question that's left outstanding, but he ultimately does it, comes back to Coruscant, and proves that he has been able to create his own Sith lightsaber. Meanwhile, Vader finds out that Palpatine is also training a whole bunch of former light side users to be his new Inquisitors. And this Inquisitorius is serving the Sith and Vader is going to be their new master and is going to start training them to hunt down Jedi who are, you know, the ones remaining, the greatest threat to the Galactic Empire. And so there you go, right there in a nutshell is how Vader gets his lightsaber and how he comes to have Mustafar be his new adopted home. And there is one little funny bit that I wanted to share with you about this. And you know, I don't think it was meant to be funny, but it just struck me as funny. And I'm gonna do that after the breaks. So stay tuned. 
hey Rebel Rouser, if you've got a business that needs to reach a dedicated audience of Star Wars fans, or you know somebody who does, then you might want to reach out to me. <laughs> I've got a show that reaches thousands of people between the audio version, the video version, and our social media channels, and I'd love to find out how I can help you with your business ventures too. Just reach out at sw7x7.com sponsors, that's plural, S-P-O-N-S-O-R-S, that's sw7x7.com sponsors, and let's see how we can work together. Welcome back. So when Vader comes off the operating table right after he has been saved and put into the cybernetic armor by Palpatine and he has that moment where he finds out Padme is dead and goes, no, and like and starts smashing everything. The comics actually depict him also pushing Palpatine away, like giving him a force push and Palpatine goes flying back going, ugh. And in the artwork for that, you actually get to see Palpatine's shoes. You get to see him like wearing what could be boots, what could be dress shoes. I don't know. For some reason, I actually never even considered the idea of Palpatine and what shoes he might be wearing at any given point of the day. So that was just really strange to see shoes on Emperor Palpatine. I don't know, that struck me as really particularly funny for some reason, but you know, it's not slippers like <laughs> Tarkin wore, at least you know, what uh, Peter Cushing wore on set when he was filming Star Wars. Anyway, so there you have it. That is our look very briefly at the first arc of series two of Darth Vader, how he got his lightsaber and how he came to start adopting Mustafar as his new home. And that's gonna do it for this episode as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.